On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder held their annual media day and the vibes are at an all-time high. Why that's important for you to continue to have confidence in the Thunder this year? We'll break it all down on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. You can even text the show, 405-963-3686. We're diving into the Thunder Media Day recap. The vibes are incredibly high for this Thunder team. Davis Bertans and Mitchich both speak about their role. We have some headband drama as well. Chet Holmgren gets a ton of praise. Kenny Hustle calls his shot and what to expect from this Thunder team. All coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube, uh, and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So we're here for you every single morning, every single day, talking Thunder basketball. The first thing that stands out about media day, it was a great day and the vibes were immaculate. You, you know, if you don't know what media day is, you know, the players get all dressed up in their uniform and they have to spend the entire day Literally, literally the entire day, they go from station to station and they talk to media. They talk to, you know, the in-house media as well, like Matt Pinto and Chris Fisher and Michael Cage and them, plus all of uh, the outside team home media. And then they have to take these promotional videos for the Jumbotron, for social media uh, and for everything you see throughout the year content wise uh, on promotional graphics and on the jumbotron and, and, and throughout the season. So it all gets done uh, pretty much right now. And then they also take their formal like headshots and photos for the year. So it's a whole big to do. And for the thunder at media day, there was absolutely no drama. There wasn't even a moment where a player said something that you just went, Ooh, yeah, don't, don't, don't say that one. Like there was nothing that happened other than good old-fashioned fun at Media Day this year. And that is always a welcome sign in the NBA. You know that the NBA is the world's best soap opera. Uh, it, it, it is just drama around every corner, but not for this Thunder team this year. There's not drama uh, heading into the year. And it's always good to start out on the right the right foot. And the players seemingly had a ton of fun with each other, had a ton of fun being back around the, the, the entire group. And they were making TikToks. They were... Uh, making fun of each other uh, as they were doing the promotional videos all in of course good spirit they were just having a blast together and embracing the day uh, and it really reassured my thoughts I've, I've been saying on this podcast that you know in my opinion the thunder are going to win games this year by a product of not only being talented but being a young team who's going to try to win every single night who cares about each other who cares about the team who cares about uh, performing in all 82 games and so uh Whenever you see the team kind of already bonding and taking shape this way, it kind of reaffirms what we already figured about this unit and a group that, to this point in their in their 
history as a as a as a you know core together this entire thunder team who's kind of been here building this thing up in the rebuild now we've seen them say the right things and do the right things about accepting any sort of team role uh, and 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 doing whatever's best for the team to help capitalize on winning basketball games and that's why i think that the thunder uh, are going to be a top six seed this year because the vibes are so high and you look around the nba that's not always the case. This is not a guarantee. I think that in, in baseball, for example, when, when teams report to spring training, every team feels good. Every team has great vibes. Every team uh, is just incredible, and they and they think it's all in front of them, and they think that they have the squad to go do it, and hope springs eternal. If you cannot have uh, you know, expectation of, of a good season in Peoria, Arizona, right – then what are we doing? In basketball, it's not that way. In basketball, there are plenty of teams. You can look at Philadelphia who show up to media day and it's already an all-out bloodbath war uh, of, of in-house fighting and drama and, and, and unresolved issues that really can set you off on the right foot. It's not to say it's, it's not going to be recoverable for a team like Philadelphia, but it's obviously uh, the lesser of the two options. You'd much rather have a no-drama a uh, fun, good vibes uh, situation than what's happening in Philly. And so I, I think that that was important to note that, that the biggest takeaway from this was the lack of drama, was the the inclusion of great, great vibes for the Thunder. And we also uh, had a lot of questions answered. Uh, you know, ultimately, a lot of the questions about the Thunder this year, because there's no drama, is going to get the same answers at this point in time of wait and see, have to see how they develop, have to see how they gel, have to see how they play. It's kind of a wait and see approach, but whatever could be answered today was answered. The Thunder were very uh, open to a man of, of, of questions that they got asked, trying to answer them to the best of their ability. And we're going to dive into all of that, including uh, some, some important players roles. But I want to start first by talking about Chet Holmgren, you know, Chet Holmgren, Second overall pick in 2022, he is the uh, highest draft pick of this rebuild. He is a he is a player that that a year ago at this time we thought was generational. The Thunder have a 16 win improvement. They go to the play in tournament without him, and he kind of gets forgotten about of what, of what his absolute ceiling could be. This is a potentially generational player, and I thought that this off season you saw that hype start to build back up as we get closer and closer to him stepping on the floor. His training camp starts uh, today, as you're hearing this, and then uh, the first preseason game is Monday. And then the season will begin, of course, at the end of the month. So we're getting closer and closer to seeing Chet play. And media day could not have gone better for Chet Holmgren. I asked Chet uh, if he had a preferred position, if he had a, a position he feels more comfortable in of power forward or center. And he he did a really good job of pausing and 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 thinking of a, of a very diplomatic answer uh, of whatever the team needs, he's going to do that. He, he doesn't like want to you know, label himself. He wants to let that kind of come to him and, and let that, uh, label be whatever it needs to be for the team. So I thought that was great. Uh, Mark and Sam have both been very candid that that Chet will be tested and be put in a lot of different scenarios. But why I think that the media day could not have gone better for Chet is that you know these guys, players are the first to know. Players are the first to know if a if another player doesn't have it, if another player is just not good, uh, if another player is just uh, a bad work ethic guy. Or they're, they're the first to know everything, and. Every player was overwhelmingly excited about playing with Chet. 
And they were overwhelmingly excited about what his potential is. And most importantly, they were overwhelmingly complimentary of how hard he works. And so when you have a player who has such potential, who has such upside, and you throw in that he has a guaranteed high work ethic, it has to make you feel really good about what his future is. You know, Casey Wallace said that, it, it, you know, Chet Holmgren, a way that uh, he's excited for the Chet is because while you never hope to get beat, you never hope that anyone gets by you, obviously, he trusts Chet Holmgren that if someone gets by Casey Wallace, he trusts that Chet Holmgren will pick him up and, and be there for him on the back end. Uh, Olivier Saar said that Chet Holmgren is a special player. J-Dub said that Chet Holmgren brings a lot to the table. Josh Giddy said that, Jet, that, that Chet Holmgren can do it all, can do everything. And then SGA said that Chet is unique in that he's a big-time player, a big-time competitor, and a kid that just wants to win. When the leader of the team, when the face of the franchise, when the franchise in Shea has that glowing of an opinion of you before you've even stepped on the floor – and in the relative small sample size of even playing together, because, you know, Chet got to play in Summer League last year, got to play in Summer League this year. They've gotten to play some pickup runs, of course. You've seen the videos of them already at Thunder Ion uh, the last week. You'll, you'll, so they've gotten some time together. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not all that much time together. For SGA to already be going on that limb and going that far in, in, in heaping praise on Chet. And it, and it came off as incredibly genuine and not just uh, a company line, so to say, about a player off the top of his head. Uh, it, it has to reaffirm the belief in Chet Holmgren for this fan base. And I think that uh, he looked, you know, pretty noticeably uh, bigger. Obviously, it, it, it's it's going to be a a common topic with Chet Holmgren of how he looks, you know, figure-wise. Uh, but I'm excited to see what he looks like on the court um, in training camp and preseason and, of course, throughout the regular season. So we'll have more details on that on tomorrow's show after the first training camp practice, and uh, we'll have more info on that throughout the season. So make sure you subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode coming up. We're going to talk about Davis Bertans and Mitchich discussing their role with the Thunder. We're going to talk about Casey Wallace not flying under the radar with the Thunder as he might be with the fan base. And we're also going to, to discuss how the expectations and what this season should look like from the players and coaches themselves. But first, I want to say right now about Ibotta. Ibotta is great. You know, it's football season, so that means that you're going to be getting pizza and wings and, you know, maybe you even want some buffalo chicken dip. Whatever you prefer at your tailgate, go all out and get cash back with every purchase with Ibotta. So whenever you go there, you can use Ibotta. It gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure that you're always getting uh, the bang for your buck and you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. So either link your loyalty account or just simply upload your receipt after you're done shopping and you get the cash back. It's that easy. So download the Ibotta app right now. Use code LOCKED to get started earning real cash back today by just going to the App Store or Google Play Store and downloading the free Ibotta app and using code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play Store or App Store, and that's the promo code LOCKED. Promo code LOCKED 
for Ibotta to get cash back and it'll help you uh, beat inflation because while other apps are giving you points that don't really amount to much, Ibotta is giving you cold, hard quiche. So make sure you go check it out today because the average Ibotta user earns $100 per year by Ibotta. That can do a lot for you. I know that I would love $100 for free right now. So go check it out today with Ibotta. Locked is the promo code. Make sure you check it out today with Ibotta. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And let's dive into Media Day some more with Casey Wallace. So I asked uh, Kendrick Williams if he had any initial thoughts on Casey Wallace. Because if you remember, a year ago at this time at Media Day training camp setting, um, Kenneth Williams said that J-Dub has all-star potential. He ended up having and flashing that all-star potential right away. And so, you know, as I said, players are the first to know. So I asked Kenneth Williams what he thought, and Kenneth Williams said simply, buy stock now in Cason Wallace. He spoke glowingly about Cason Wallace. Shea said that Cason Wallace is a really good basketball player, and he's a guy who can play right now. Again, that's the leader of your franchise uh, talking about a player and saying that Casey Wallace is a good basketball player and he's a guy who can play right now. Lou Dort praised Casey Wallace defensively. Of course, Lou Dort is one of the best uh, defenders in the NBA and obviously the best defender on the Thunder. And Casey, flipping it back to Casey, said that he's eager to learn from Lou Dort. And so you can see that this is another hard worker. This is a top 10 pick in the draft. And Sam Presti has an unbelievable track record inside of the top 10. And when you break down Casey Wallace, I understand why he's maybe flying under the radar a bit for fans because you just saw that 16 improvement. You, you, you want to see Chet. You want to see the score continue to grow. And it feels like Casey Wallace is like the cherry on top of the Sunday. But when you break down what Casey Wallace does, he can play on the ball. He can play off the ball offensively. He adds playmaking. He adds shooting. He can defend multiple possessions and you know, multiple positions and multiple player types. This is a player that can force the hand of Mark Dagnall to play him because he has the traits that Mark looks for in players. This is a player that, as a rookie, can play right away. And I think that it was interesting that whenever I asked Casey Wallace, has the, has the organization uh, given you any indication of what your role could be in the sense of playing in the G League, playing in the NBA, because the Thunder have used the G League in its history as a developmental path um, and, and as a as a touchstone for young players. And Casey Wallace said that you know it's too early in the process. They have not discussed uh, if he's going to play in the G League or not. Uh, and I think that it just continues to show that the Thunder are going to give Casey Wallace a chance at training camp and preseason uh, to to force their hand. J-Dub last year forced the Thunder's hand. J-Will, Usman Jang, they played in the G League. J-Dub didn't. J-Dub forced the Thunder's hand and played really well from training camp to the onset of the season once he got back from that eye injury, uh, and he never went to the G League. He always just was on the Thunder uh, and was too good to deny. And so it's interesting that they're not going to pre-plan anything with Casey Wallace and let and let him dictate what happens. And the, and the beautiful thing about it is with where this team is at, it, 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 it allows him to play free because the Thunder love to, to send guys to the G League. The G League is why Jalen Williams 
out of Arkansas, of course, was ready to go at the end of last season to step up in a big way. If, if, if Jay will did not have that G league last year, this team would have sunk after the Poku injury, after the Kinnish injury, uh, this team would have sunk, but because he was an appreciably better player after playing with Cam Woods and with the blue and learning, uh, you know, and gaining confidence and learning skills and playing with more offensive force, the Thunder were not able were able to not sink and were able to thrive. The G League directly correlated with last year's success and, and of course, set Jay Will up for uh, a, a really strong path. You remember how Jay Will looked that initial few those initial few games post Poku injury, and he was able to kind of reground himself from all those experiences in the G League, including his, his triple-double uh, in the G League. So I, I'm interested to see kind of how that shakes out for Kaysen, but when you hear guys like SGA say he's a player who can play right now, and you hear Kendrick Williams, who got it right about J-Dub in, in his evaluation, say to buy stock in Kaysen Wallace, I don't know how you can't be driving to work right now or doing whatever you're doing while you're listening to this podcast and not smirk and be excited about um, what Kaysen Wallace represents for this Thunder team and the, and the hype that he is rightfully getting for this Thunder team. Davis Bertans, uh, first time talking to him, and he was great. He was a great interview. He was open, honest, very funny. And I asked him a, a same kind of question uh, about his role and about uh, what's the communication been like and, and, and what do you want to see your role look like for the Thunder. And he made a joke about how his, his job description does not include coming up with the role slash minutes and he leaves that up to the coaches. But he was very much uh, reiterating throughout this whole thing that he wants to to be a team guy and to find success wherever wherever he can with a Thunder team and, and, and accept whatever role he needs to with this Thunder team. And I think that that is a good sign. So far, so good. You know, you, you might have heard some rumblings or whisperings about uh, if Davis Bertans would accept such a role after his reputation uh, preceded itself in Washington and Dallas. But it, it's clear that like Davis Bertans is going to to buy in to whatever the Thunder are going to are going to lay out for him. And one thing the Thunder will lay out for him is, is going to play him in less than 75 percent of games because, you know, you're not going to want to have him on the hook for 16 mil next uh, summer. So you're going to want to be able to cut him for $5 million in the summertime. And so you're going to have to limit him and not play him in 75% of games. But that might not be the worst thing in the world for either party. Davos Bertans can truly help the Thunder on the court. His shooting can help the Thunder uh, in a big way as a guy that shoots 40% for his career. Uh, and uh, his, his veteran kind of been there, done that, played with a lot of great players, uh, played against a lot of great players, can help the Thunder as well. And, and he can see his game excel and his game thrive based upon the play style of Shea and Josh Giddy and the other players on this roster. And so playing in less than 75% of games might not be the worst thing in the world because it can keep you fresh, it can keep you healthy, and it can allow you to have a very sustained and successful season. Uh, and, and whenever you're trying to manage that from the onset, uh, instead of trying to play catch-up later on, it, it can really do wonders for you uh, if you're Davis Breton. So I think that his role, if I had to guess, I think that his role will look similar to Muscala, similar to uh, Saric uh, last year, and we'll just kind of see how that looks for the Thunder once the ball is thrown in the air. 
Uh, Mitchich was also asked about his role and why the timing was right now. I, I asked Mitchich, uh, what, what about now made this summer the right time for him to come to the NBA? And he said, the first thing he said was, you know, common desire, which aligns with what Sam Presti talked about last week, where he said that things just lined up this summer. And Sam Presti went as far as to say that there were some things professionally that Mitchich wanted to accomplish overseas uh, a few summers ago that, that limited him. There were also a summer where Mitchich just had no, he had no contract out. There was no out in his contract to allow him to, to, you know, legally for lack of a better term, come to the NBA. And so now it finally lined up. And so that was kind of the similar feel you got from Mitchich. And Mitchich also uh, made it known that he did not ask for any promises, any guarantees, any special treatment. He wants to earn his spot with the Thunder. And that lines up with what I said the day he got signed uh, uh, of he understands what he's signing up for. And I think that it's interesting to kind of hear that side of things from Mitchich for a player who the last three summers, the reports have been telling Thunder fans that like he doesn't think that the team's good enough and he wants to be a starter or he's not going to come at all. And it just, the more you you learn about the situation, the more you talk to the to the people involved, the more you hear about, about what how it actually went down, it doesn't feel like that was necessarily ever the thing at all for Mitchich for the Thunder, and for any party involved. Uh, but I think that Mitchich understands what his role will be for the center team as a 29-year-old rookie who is who is going to help this team in a big way in terms of leadership and in terms of helping their depth and helping their rotation and helping their bench especially, and understands you know, that there's a really good starting lineup in front of him. Uh, and so the, the minutes are going to be interesting, especially if compared to what he's used to. But I think that what stood out the most about Mitchich was Poku and how great this is for Poku. Poku and Mitchich both talked about each other a lot in their interviews. And I think that sometimes we can forget the human element of it. You know, Poku pointed out that you know it, it is just great to have somebody who you can talk to in your native language. And that that's just, you know, kind of eye-opening of, wow, you know, that, that is really cool. This is a guy that at a very, 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 very young age got, you know, brought over here to Oklahoma and hasn't really had anyone who can relate to him on this level as, as Mitchich can um, and has and experienced sort of the same things and from the same background and, 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 and just anything of the sort that's kind of relatable uh, to, to Poku. And, and even down to the bare basics of just talking to someone else in your native language on the team, I, I think that it's just worth noting uh, 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 of how they both made it a point to talk about that and the, and and how it could just help just the overall um, season for Poku. And, and of course, you know, you might not see that translate into any stats, but just comfortability, it, it has to help uh, to some varying degree, uh, if nothing more than just a cool humanized story of, of Poku, you know, finally, finally kind of having someone on the team who, who he can truly relate to 100% and a player who he's very, 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 very familiar with. Coming up, we'll talk about Head Ben Gate and we'll talk about Mark Dagnall and what he said at Media Day uh, on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast. We're back on the Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, Lockdown Thunder podcast your team every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Folks, we had a situation. So, first of all, 
What started this whole shindig was that Kendrick Williams walks in to media day wearing a headband. If you're unfamiliar, that is a brand new look for Kenny Hustle. It looked really different on Kenny Hustle in a good way. I liked the change. And so I asked Kenrich, is this a look that's here to stay? And he confirmed that it is. This is not some, you know, media day stunt or cool accessory to wear in media day that you're not going to wear in this season. He said it's going to stay and stick around. And then Wiggins came with a headband. Again, a guy who didn't necessarily wear headbands last year. And he said he's still feeling out if he's going to use it or not and if he's going to wear it or not. But then the, the big gun showed up. What really set this thing ablaze. Lindy Waters comes in wearing a headband. I was stunned. If you don't are unaware of the backstory. Last season with the blue, Lindy Waters began to ditch the headband, no longer wearing it. And so I asked him, why the change? Where's the headband? And Lindy Waters said that the headband was squeezing his head, was very restrictive and not letting his thoughts escape him and squeezing on his head. So he had to ditch the headband. Okay, makes sense. I do not like my head squeezed either. Let's roll. But to my surprise, he walks in to media day with a headband. So I asked him, why the change of heart? And a developing story is occurring. Lindy Waters has switched from a cotton headband to a dry fit headband, which is allowing him to have more flexibility and lessen the squeeze upon his head and be more comfortable wearing the headband. And so the headband is back. Wiggins, also a dry fit headband user. Kenny Hustle, also a dry fit headband user. So potentially, the Thunder have gotten down to the bottom of why some headbands were discomforting and they've switched to dry fit headbands. And that's the kind of journalism that you get right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. But to end it on a serious note, uh, Mark talked at at the podium, of course, to kick things off. uh, And he confirmed a few things. He confirmed that we will continue to see him cycle through this rotation, which is what we we already knew and kind of figured. Uh, So there's not going to be some set in stone uh, magical eight. This Thunder team will continue to just rifle through their entire roster. Uh, He mentioned that the team is still in a building period and still in a building process and that nothing changes with heightened expectations because those those outside noise, uh, it is fleeting. Uh, And and he also reiterated some of the things of Sam Presti from last week of how it's a new year, got to start from ground zero, all that good stuff. And I just want to end it with this. I understand why when you look at those quotes from Mark and look at those quotes from Sam, that it feels like they are tempering expectations. I think it's more of a PSA. I think that it's more of, hey, we do want to be a top four seed in the West and make these huge leaps and, and, and go win 50 games or whatever, whatever your loftiest goals are for this team. We want those too. But if we only win 41 or only win 42, just because on paper, in terms of tangible win, you know, total leap, it was only a two-game improvement, doesn't mean it was a failure because it's insanely hard in the NBA to improve in the win column. 
The margins are so slim. The, the ball bounces certain ways. The schedule sets up for certain schedule losses. Everything a, a, accounts into this equation. And so I, I don't think it's to temper you. I think it's to alert you that just in case, just in case, the wins do not catch up this year. Watch the team play. Don't just watch the paper standings. Don't just grab your local newspaper, check out the standings, and use that as the barometer for if this team got better. Use how they play on the floor for if they got better. And no matter what the win-loss record says, I can promise you, this team will look a lot better as a basketball unit this year to last year. And I believe that it will also be that way in the win column. But it's not an automatic disappointment. It's not an automatic regression if that win column is not up to what you would expect or what you're hoping for or what you're dreaming of uh, today before the season begins. And you're also in a very, 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 very tough Western Conference. So that's what we have from Media Day. We're going to have training camp open up. We're going to have more special guests along the way this week uh, to, to, to talk about the Thunder upcoming season, to talk about upcoming draft season as well. And we're going to have a mailbag podcast. So get your questions down below right now on YouTube and on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles and on the Lockdown Thunder YouTube channel. Get your questions in right now for the upcoming mailbag uh, podcast. You can also text the show 405-963-3686 whenever you do you're going to be signed up for subtext and you're going to get some texts uh, throughout the week this week uh, and, and beyond about practices and training camps and what we're seeing, uh, hearing all that good stuff. So you can always support the show and doing all those good things, including simply subscribing for free, liking the podcast, reviewing the podcast, and just simply listening to the podcast. So thank you all who have done that and made it this far. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.